welcome back to another episode of the Chalice Chasers podcast. I uh, I really appreciate everyone's patience while we've uh, uh, lined up uh, another guest here for you. It's been a little while since we had a podcast, and uh, um, we're going to have a repeat guest on tonight, and um, we are incredibly excited to have him back on. Uh, without further ado, uh, because you guys all know uh, know him very well, I wanted to uh, have Sean Zhao back on the podcast. Sean, how are you? Thanks, Steve, for having me back. It's, uh, it's, it's a real uh, treat that you uh, give to our uh, group to even put this on. So we, we appreciate your efforts in doing this for all of us. Oh, wow. Uh, way too kind. Uh, um, and I think I'd have to say likewise. It is a treat to have you on here. And I know, uh, um, I know you've been really uh, engaged in the league this year. And I just kind of love to hear what you're thinking and what's going on. And so uh, I think we're going to have a good episode for everyone. And um, it's, uh, it's been long overdue. So, uh, how is it in uh, sunny Southern California right now? Are you still in Pasadena, California? Um, I'm actually living in downtown Los Angeles now. Well, not necessarily downtown, uh, uh kind of like West LA area. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's great baseball out here. Um, it was just at a Padres game last weekend. Got to see my boy, Joe Musgrove pitch, um, and there are there's just a good density of teams, you know, both. I, I, I love being in the city where there's both an NL and an AL team. Um, so you can really just see everyone coming through. And I'm really excited for um, next year. I know some people don't like it, but when every team is going to play every team, that should be fun. So I am totally on the train of let's just uh, get every, you know, let's just uh, allow more people to see more baseball and their favorite players coming through. So I'm excited for that as well. Oh, that's great. Do you only live in cities where there's AL and NL teams? You know, now that you say that, I I think I have lived in areas for the past, I mean, since I left, left Philadelphia, that's um, in, in high school. Yeah, I've been in the Bay Area, um, been in Chicago, and been uh, here in Southern California. So, yeah, I, I guess you're right. That's an astute observation there. <laughs> it looks like... Uh... The next place Sean is going is uh, either, I guess it's only New York, right? New York, yeah. Because, I mean, there's Texas, but those teams aren't uh, in the same market. Yeah, so, but, Sean- yeah. well, hey, I, I mean, like, 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 that's the beauty of, uh, like, like the what's happening next year, where I think each team is going to only play their division rival four times, um, or four series, I should say, and then they're going to have a series with every other uh, team, so... It's like if you were living in Seattle, which is, I think, I think that's the team that's like on average the furthest from everybody. Um, you know, you you get to see all these fun players come through. So do you think they have looked into they meaning uh, either uh, fantasy baseball players or MLB general managers, um, the travel, the season travel and how it affects performance and success in the long term? Uh, I, I would have to imagine there's some analytics department out there that's that's cranking those numbers, but it's not it's it's beyond the scope of a, <laughs> uh, at, at least what I consider when I set my lineups or something like that. Yeah, good point. So, uh, well, speaking of that, I, uh, um, Sean, I know that you in the beginning of this season uh, put together a bit of an analysis and a simulation of the fantasy baseball um, uh, outcomes. And, and then you constructed your lineup based off that. And, and I'm doing, you no service by uh, giving, by paraphrasing it. 
Uh, there's much more to it. I'd love for you to uh, go into some greater details on it, but uh, just wanted to kind of hear about what that looked like in the beginning of the season, what that analysis was, and how it factored into uh, your draft, what your team looks like now, the way you've constructed your lineup. Uh, any type uh-huh. of color on that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, I you know, that, that the sort of analysis I did in the beginning of the season really just hinged on the idea that um, categories are correlated to each other. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, in the off season before, before draft day, I was just thinking about exactly how we have our league set up. So basically, you know, we could have had, you know, we, you know, we switched the on-base percentage or, you know, like people are talking about, you know, doing more things with the you know, different categories, you know, the, the number of ratios and the number of counting categories and all that. So, I mean, I think this is a concept that's everyone in the league, understands just in an intuitive nature which is that you know certain categories are going to make help you win other categories and they're you know they're they all correspond to each other in some way and that's really what i just wanted to put like a more definitive number on which was like which categories seem to be the best indicators of multiple other categories and so with that in mind i you know like the analysis basically was if i were just a say it in words, um, to look at which were those categories best predicted successful outcomes in other categories. And I think, uh, to be honest, I haven't looked at it uh, in a while. And I I should have just, you know, briefly glanced on it before I popped on here. But the categories that most highly predicted um, future success were uh, the ones that were starting pitching heavy, and the ones that were slugging heavy. So teams that um, had a lot of home runs and also that just basically maxed out their uh, innings pitched were uh, the ones that were most successful. And, you know, does this correspond to like the best, um, you know, players in general? I, I like, I don't, I don't think so. I think basically what it just means is that, you know, in terms of the hitting stats, um, if you have a high slugging percentage, obviously we know that corresponds high to, you know, the home runs and also the RBIs. And then, you know, generally you're going to get just, you know, better numbers in these other categories. It's not as highly correlated to these, you know, runs and it's anti-correlated to stolen bases, in fact. But um, in the pitching categories, you know, like if you have a high number of innings pitched, you know, we also, we all, you know, we all know this as well. You know, you're probably going to get more of the counting stats. Or you're going to get the Ks, you're going to get the wins, or you're going to get the quality starts. Um but it doesn't like, you know, put you out of the running for whip. It doesn't put you out of the running for ERA, you know, it might put you out of the running for saves, but um, you know, and, and that's really just what the analysis was showing me was that um, there's these certain categories that if I just targeted them, like that one particular category, that would be like a good indication of like, a, you know, a good overall team that would be, that would have a chance at a lot of different categories. So I guess I would just really wanted to, experiment around this year you know like i think in previous years i thought about balancing out my teams a little bit so like hey like let's be average in everything you know or above average in everything hopefully that's that's the hope but um you know like like i don't particularly think i'm great at choosing players necessarily meaning like you know who's gonna break out this year i think is kind of a crapshoot and i was hoping to rely less on that and more on like hey this is like the build of a team that would have like a low floor, um, 
you know, kind of cap the ceiling a bit. Like I, I wouldn't be winning every single category, uh, but I would have at least like a low floor and then put sort of like, hopefully, hopefully just make the playoffs and then see what happens there. Um, and, you know, there's teams in our leagues that have the complete opposite strategy. Uh, so, I, so I guess I should just say what my team build is, is, is basically I completely punted saves and I completely punted stolen bases and I went heavy on slugging and I went heavy on uh, starting pitching. And, you know, there's, you know, Kevin's team is like very, like almost the opposite. So like he has, um, he's completely punted on uh, like all the, like the, the starters, he, he only throws out relievers. Um, and, you know, he has like, I, I believe he has a pretty high on base percentage, but, uh, um, but the point is, is that like, it's not the only strategy to, to, to be successful. So um, that was basically what the analysis told me, but uh, obviously there's, you know, many ways to skin this cat. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you gave us a lot there and just kind of unpacking some of it. Uh, one of the things you touched on where you uh, were very humble in your uh, abilities to uh, forecast player outcomes. Do you think anyone has that as a skill prior to the season? Or do you think if, you were to look at it over uh, the history of our league, it'd be probably more random. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I would say yes. I mean, I like, I mean, I, like certainly people know more about um, like the players coming up than I do. Like whoever, I don't know who has Julio Rodriguez right now, but like that's, that, that was not a name that was on my radar before the season necessarily. And it probably should have been, this is just like, in terms of like how I watch baseball, I think I'm more so just kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I enjoy going to games and I enjoy like laughing at guys whiffing that changeups, you know, like that's, that's kind of like how I watch baseball. I'm not like, um, I'm, I'm really not on the prospect lists and if it weren't for fantasy baseball, I think it would be tough for me to even like, um, like, I, I mean, like, obviously I would know like the superstars, but like, there's like a mid tier big group of guys that I think I would have a hard time following if it wasn't for fantasy baseball and making the fantasy relevant. So, um, so I, I guess in that sense, like, yeah, I, I think there are people in the league who are um, definitely way more in tune with the, those sort of like predictions. And, um, you know, I, I, I know my own limitations, so I'm not going to go toe to toe with those guys in their uh, domains, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So then, did this analysis incorporate uh, matchups? Like, how were you able to um, handle just, you know, was it just a large amount of iterations to be able to, like, completely randomize matchups and get, a, like, a true outcome? Or is there still um, a lot of limits to this in regards to, like, you know, it's it's very, met, like, the, out, the predictable oh, sure, power sure. is matched matchup dependent yeah so the way i handled the matchups was i assumed that there was no variation or what we might call luck you know basically uh this idea that like you know your team is not that great and then all of a sudden they have a breakout week so like i didn't incorporate any of that because you know i just didn't really know how to handle it uh, i could have added randomness but you know it didn't seem like it was uh, you know i mean like it was it was a hard thing to quantify i'd have to play around with it a little bit more so basically what i did was um, I just assumed that your team uh, played every single other team uh, that year. 
Uh, so like, you know, 12 teams or whatever. And then each team would face off against each other team. And then just be like, oh, like your average stats across the entire season. Like who would win that matchup if you had like the season ending stats? So right now we're, I think, three weeks towards the like three weeks um, away from the playoffs or what whatnot. And, you know, we have like an overall, like, this is what your team profile is. Like, you know, um, you're really good at this or really bad at that. So I just assumed that was like average across the entire season. And then, you know, like, how would you match up against each individual other team? And so that's kind of why I really just framed it as like, this is like a team profile, like which team profile works the best. Um, Obviously, if your guys are just studs across the board, you know, I think that's kind of what the duck X duck tells us is that, hey, like if you on average, you are like, the you know, uh, on average, like you're winning every single category, then yeah, you're going to be good. But I think this was just an attempt to say like, okay, um, you know, more category specific resolution of um, like, how would this sort of a team match up against this sort of a team? So like, how would a team that is more like stolen base on base run heavy face up against a team that was uh, more power hitter heavy or something like that? And, and the way I think, you know, like it really, I I think my best example would just be something in terms of the, the, the counting stats and, um, the ratios in the pitching category. So for example, um, I believe, and I, and I still think this is true and it hasn't always worked out for me, but, um, I really just try to win the counting stats, which is, you know, the K's and quality starts in the wins. And I, I don't, I don't win them every single week, but I feel like, you know, if you have good enough starting pitching, you should have a chance at, you know, your whip and your ERA still. But I think if you're really only chasing the saves, and you're, you know, you basically need your guys to like be perfect that week just so you can break even, meaning like three out of three, right? Yeah. It's like if you, if you only had relievers and you really need them to be perfect all, all week, then yeah, sure, you might get a ton of saves. But the best you're going to do is three out of three. Um, right. So I think it's more just like which side is your risk tailing towards? Are you having, are you capping your upside? You're capping your downside. Um, granted it's like some of my picks didn't work out so it's like it's and you know i also had the i i gotta say this uh i had the terrible luck of drafting right behind mike leeson and uh he picked so many of the guys that when i i, I just remember like because i was going for like power hitters and I, I think he just he was i mean like who doesn't love a power hitter so he was um anyway so i so 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 so, so obviously like you know like whether or not I could pull, pull this whole thing off is another story, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I think about, uh, sort of like the break. So speaking of that, um, I have an example that I think you might find interesting and I'm curious your opinion. And that is, uh, Carter Farrell's team this year. And I don't mean to call Carter out, uh, directly uh, that that's not why I'm doing it. It's more along the lines of, uh, I think he's an anomaly this year. Uh, when you look at his team, he's last, he's in last place in our league. Uh, he's in, he's top five in runs. He's top five in slug. He's top five in homers. He might, he might be top six in one of those. I think it might be uh, home runs. Um, and then K's and wins. He's top five in both of those uh, again, last place. He's got three players in the top 20 on the player Raider. So like, like how could we categorize his outcome this year? 
that's a good question. I like I, I'll admit I haven't really um, looked specifically at like um, at like how his season's been going. But like I mean, from what you're describing to me, you're just saying that he's he's hit a ton of bad luck. Is that um, I mean, is that just the way to characterize it? <laughs> well, I guess so. It's it's more along the line, and you can. I'm not. I'm not assuming you have the answers to these. I'm just curious if you had thought about it. Uh, no, it's it's more along the lines of like, is that bad luck? Is do like is not having good matchups considered bad luck? Are injuries bad luck? It's just like how like how do we think about luck in this context? Or has he been outmanaged? And again, I, I'm not expecting you to have the answer to this. It's just uh, I thought it was interesting, and uh, um, it just you know he's got all those categories that you mentioned, and you know he's sitting in last place. Like how how do we explain that? Yeah, that's a good question. I I I have to look at his. I mean, maybe you should have him on to talk about it. That's that's sort of. Uh, I really haven't been tracking exactly what's been happening week to week. I, I I will say this. I think I did take some time to get used to, um, the daily lineups, and I'm still making mistakes on the daily lineups, and it it's kind of infuriating. But like, hopefully, if I make the playoffs, I will not continue to make mistakes. And I, when I when I say that, it's just like. Oh, like, you know, obviously if you guys, if you have a bunch of, you know, guys who, you know, get pulled for some reason, or there's a rain delay and all of a sudden there's a guy on your bench who like, I had Andrew McCutcheon on my bench, which I'm not saying that I like, he should be in my lineup every day, but on days in which uh, there's like an off day for an everyday player and, you know, a rain delay, something like that, you should, you know, I, I, I think you should probably put your, you know, guys in there just to have a chance at some of these, counting stats especially we're hitting and you know he you know i think i left like three home runs on my bench last week and um on, on days in which they should have been in the lineup i guess it's like if, if, it, if it was like a day in which it should, you know they wouldn't have never sniffed the lineup to begin with i wasn't fine with it but it's just like there's stuff like that where it's like throughout the season i i i personally have had to have adjusted to this daily lineup thing because like it's like um especially for me on the west coast like I think some, some day games, like, you know, if it's like, like there's like 10 o'clock games, you know? Um, and for me, it's like, man, like, you know, sometimes I need to get to work, you know, sometimes I'm like, Hey, like I just haven't checked my phone that day, but like that, that morning and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, like I can't think, you know, I can't change my IL or uh, stuff like that. So there's still, still an adjustment for me. Um, I, I'm not saying that's, that's what's going on with Carter. Um, it sounds like his team, fits the profile of you know this you know he's got good starting pitching he's got um good hitting um certainly should not be last but uh i guess that's that's the way it goes sometimes too yeah exactly uh so then how would you um view the daily lineups versus the uh weekly sets Uh, i know you talked about the growing pains involved but if you were to like um, have to compare just in terms of a preference, uh, would you vote for one versus the other? I think I would personally vote for weekly. This is um, not because like, what I will say is that I think it, the daily lineups have increased the engagement on fantasy baseball, but at the same time, uh, at, that's, that's like a double-edged sword. <laughs> um, I, like, I certainly like the ability to like, you know, I mean, like not look at it for a day. I mean, that, that, that would certainly be a, like, 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 like something that would be, um, 
Um, yeah, so like I can, I'm totally fine with the daily lineup, but at the same time, uh, it is just like a, a, a really big commitment. And, uh, but it is, but, but I do think it does increase the fun factor. So it, it, it's hard for me to say like exactly where I stand on it um, just because so like there is something to do every day uh, with your lineup. So there is a little more fun in there as well. So I would say, but if I had to vote, I would say weekly. My Yeah. Just where I fall with it. I'm curious if around that, because it seems like the league's really engaged right now. And I'm curious if there'd be, uh, if anyone's feeling kind of fatigued or if it has been kind of taxing. Uh, um, I guess we'll. What do you think, know. Randy? I, I, I know you're a, uh, you got you got a lot of a lot on your schedule right now too with your planning and work and stuff like that. So like, are, are like like what what's your pace in terms of the yeah you know, lineup setting or like like have you had the same sort of um, moments where you're like oh, I forgot to set my daily lineup today? Has like no, I haven't. No? Um, <laughs> no, but I so but I I don't think um normal there. I think that. Uh, uh, a couple people in the league might agree with me. So uh, most probably wouldn't. Uh, I feel like fantasy baseball is like the one thing that I try to make time for. Or it's my one like welcomed like distraction here or there. And I set aside time for it. And uh, um, I don't know. That's like probably around 10 a.m., which again, it, I, I think it would be completely thrown off as I'll, if I was on the West Coast because it would be too early. Like I'm not looking at it first thing in the morning, but um but around like, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, I kind of like think about, all right, let me set 10 minutes aside just to get these lineups straight. I've got a couple of teams. Uh, and it's one of my like few things that I do religiously. And I don't think that's normal. For sure. For sure. Most. And there's, but then there's other, there's, everyone's different because I don't feel that way about fantasy football in the slightest. I'm like, borderline indifferent towards fantasy football and i think it's because <laughs> but that has nothing to do with the league or the game or this and that i think it's more the the baseball fatigue takes it out of me when it comes football time for sure i like i i mean like just you know like like just speaking of fantasy first football versus fantasy fantasy baseball that was kind of like one of the things that i remember uh when i sent that figure out to the group chat um, about like the luck or skill in fantasy sports, and then you texted me. You 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 recognized the paper from the figure, a screenshot of a figure, which I thought was very impressive. Um, it's a noticeable. I I appreciate that, but I think you're giving me too much credit. It's it's a very noticeable figure, and uh, if you if you do these things, you it probably stick with you. I would think it would. But oh sure so sure. What about um? So I don't know if a lot of the league is familiar with that paper, but. Yeah, I'd love for you uh, to kind of discuss it a little further. It's really interesting. Oh yeah, I was just bringing it up in the context of like, is is, is that is that a reason why you think you enjoy fantasy baseball more than fantasy football? Because I think there is a lot more variation um, in fantasy football, even like year to year. It's kind of hard to predict, uh, like situations in the backfield. Like you know, you can just be in some coach's doghouse, and you're 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 like not going to see snaps in football. But I feel like there, you know, it just feels like there's a lot more, you know, uh, you know, invisible hand going on uh, in fantasy football. So is, is that a reason why you, you know, like fantasy baseball more, fantasy football less, or am, am I mischaracterizing it? No, no, no. I, 
mischaracterization isn't the right word because that could definitely be um, accurate for for some people. Um, and I think a lot of people would probably make that argument that uh, uh, it is tougher to predict. Uh, no, honestly, when it comes to football, I feel like it's a little bit personal on like the emotional side. Like I've always, we've played fantasy baseball for some time. It's just like evolved into something that's pretty special. But then the other side of it is uh, um, it's, it's every day and it's like, that like it, it it's rewarding every day football is like you get that you get that that reward on sunday and then you gotta wait a week again and i don't know there's something about the baseball season that just like you know 7 p.m rolls around each day and you're 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 doing it again and so i, I think that's more of a personal thing in regards to just like getting that reward every single day versus once a week for the most part I got you. I got you. No, I like, I, I mean, I think that's why I like, uh, like baseball just as a sport too. I mean, like people call, I, I feel like, um, more, I, I'll hear people say, do you follow baseball versus do you watch football? You know? And I think that's like a very subtle difference, but I think when people say, do you follow baseball? It's more like, you know, it, it is this sort of like marathon type of thing. Like you, you're paying attention you know, over like the course of half a year of like standings and, you know, ups and downs, there's sort of like runs that people are going on. And like, like that's what makes it exciting is the sort of like even keel pace that everything is on. And, 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 and that's really a rewarding aspect of it as well. So no, I certainly agree um, with a lot of the stuff you're saying there too. Um, that's a really good point. I never uh, thought about it like that. And I'm, I, the, do you watch football versus uh, do you follow baseball? I think uh, I think you just hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, it's a, it's a little linguistic subtlety that I've I've always thought was kind of interesting. I, yeah, it's just slight shift of tone, I think. Uh, I like but, that. And uh, I, I yeah, I really like that. Uh, and again, it's no um, I could sit here and talk about fantasy football all day too, and I don't want to take any uh, um, you know shine away from our uh the bruise brothers because they are doing such uh, fantastic things uh um they uh you know they're 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 just they bring the juice i'll say that i'll say they, that they, they bring the juice they've got the energy uh they got some charisma and uh they just they just let it loose and so uh no uh I don't want to get, step out of my lane and get into uh, their area of expertise, but so bringing it back, bringing it back to fantasy baseball. Then. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You you don't want to step on their turf because they they would clap clap back. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Uh, so so bring it bringing it back to this season then a little bit. You're middle of the pack. Uh, we got a couple weeks left here. You're this is kind of a a Sean Zhao. Uh, kind of this is your mo you know you're uh, not too high not too low just right in striking distance and it's all about a survival uh do you feel any different this year than the previous years like is there something about the team that you're like oh, i don't know about this one or this is the one or is it just you know business is normal uh you know what, what i'll say about my team is that um i think if i do anything in the end, end part of the season or into the playoff, it's going to be on the basis of my bat. And I feel that um, it was interesting because I know Greg was uh, throwing throwing around a bunch of trade offers. And uh, I, 
I hope he doesn't mind if I reveal this to people, but he offered me uh, Ryan Helsley, uh, Hel- Hel- the, the closer for the, uh, for the Astros. Hesley? Yeah, Hel- I, I, I the guy that's in Kevin's team name, I think. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't – let me say. I'm tripping. All right. Well, anyway, the, like the closer for the Astros and uh, and also Sandy Al- Alcantara for Pete Alonzo, which I think – I guess the point of me bringing this up is just like I think a lot of people in terms of like uh, like just a pure player value thing, that, that would have been a fantastic deal. I think, you know, uh, there, there would have been another vote, you know, of whether or not this is a reasonable deal. But Well, so um, I don't know um, – well, one, Ryan Presley, just to so we don't take Ryan any shine Presley, away from it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Ryan Presley. Uh, but right, so right. carry on with that. I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Thank you for fact checking. This is this is going to bother me if I left the podcast on a, on an awful mistake right there. But you know, yeah. So the point is that, like, you know, um, had, had I give, given up Pete Alonso, I would have improved my pitching staff. But like, I don't think that's really where. Um, I'm going to win or lose. Like, like I think the past couple of weeks, I'm actually kind of like a losing streak in the past three weeks. And it's mainly because like my bats have been dead. And it's one of these things I think that um, I guess in terms of the way the season's gone, uh, just kind of hold, hold off of your life. You know, there's a, there's a rocket ship. There's a bunch of really good teams uh, all in playoff potential. I think it's been a really fun season um, just in terms of like the ups and downs. Uh, Dan, uh, had that incredible run in the first half. Mike, you know, had that uh, sort of like this, like, you know, like, you know, Danny, Danny's team in the first half of the season, I think we were just talking about like how like he was like 20 games up on like second place. And that was the separation between, I think, last and like fifth or sixth or something like that. I forget what exactly it was. And for, you know, Michael to make up that ground, I think is incredible too. And then just this playoff race of like a bunch of like, I think there's, four five teams within like three games of each other so i mean i'm just holding on for dear life that's that's kind of kind of what i'm hoping for i think we all are here and uh that's a that's a really good point um it it is uh kind of that time of season where players are hot players are cold and can you just can you get through and move on to the next one and so it's um interesting to hear that you're uh, kind of holding on for dear life there because i, I do find that when I look at the scoreboard for your weeks, um, or let me rephrase that because that doesn't, uh, that's not as clear as I'd like to be. Like when I check in on how your team's doing throughout the week, the score in the beginning of the, even like on like Friday or Saturday is not indicative of how it ends. It seems like your score is constantly changing on Sundays. Like, and your games are <laughs> always close. Am I wrong there? Like, this is just strictly from observation. I haven't, like, actually fact-checked this, but I feel like every day going into Sunday, I look and see, like, oh, Sean might be up or down, and, like, you end, a, like, flip-flopped and, like, pretty close to a tie. You know, I think it just goes to this uh, this, this thing. I, I always try to max out my, my, uh, my number of starters, which is actually – you know, one thing that I will say that I think I did get kind of kneecapped in the middle of the season, which is I, you know, I've had, you know, I, I carry a ton of pitchers. I would carry more uh, if, if I could. But basically, the, the 12 starts uh, a week that got changed midseason, 
I don't mind the rule. I just mind the mid-season rule change. But um, but I also understand why it was done. It was like at the time, there was a ton of good pitchers on the waiver wire, and people were just plugging and chugging them. And if you look at the waiver wire now, I don't think that would even be the case. I think people in general just realize that uh, the maxing out the number of starters is a huge deal. So, like, if everyone's kind of maxed out the number of starters, you know, and we have teams that aren't even have, they don't have any qualities, uh, aren't, aren't playing any starters at all. Meaning, like, if people were, I think, another year of this, then people would, like, very naturally have a cap on the number of starts they could possibly have because um, right now the pitcher waiver wire is absolutely barren. I think it's, like, a, a ton of injuries, a ton of, like, just randos. I think, like, uh, like I, I could pull it up real quick. But, like, just, it's, you know, I think Patrick Corbin is, like, the, like the, like the, like the highest roster percentage guy. Let me just pull it up real quick. But, um Point, point is, is that like, uh, I think that sort of goes into why it's such a swing at the end of the week, because usually I'm like filling out my uh, pitching. And so, you know, uh, I, I mean, maybe that's the reason why uh, it, it feels like that, but I will agree that I, 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 I do have a lot of close games. I think it's because I feel like I have a low floor um, or high floor. And just in terms of like, Hey, like I'm pretty sure I'm going to, at least win three or four categories a week and then um maybe i'll win four other ones so yeah absolutely um, yeah but actually like the, like the one thing we uh you, you mentioned earlier was kind of like talking about the luck of a season and then you know you asked me a question i didn't really answer so i've been just blabbering but um yeah like the like the way that that one paper quantified luck and skill was just to see like how correlated first and second half of the season were. And uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure that's necessarily uh, a good metric because basically what they said was if you had a really highly correlated um, first half and second half of the season, they called it good skill, you know. Um, whereas, you know, I, I think, like, for example, the case with the Gleason team, I think from the beginning of the season, you know, I, you know, he, I'm like, with Aaron Judge, I mean, he had, uh, I mean, just, I, like, his team should have been been good. So, like, the fact that his first half and second half have been uncorrelated, I don't think that means that it was an unskilled thing, you know. Um, so, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the the way that the, that, that, that that particular paper did it, but, um, but, but I think it is very hard to quantify how much luck a team has. Um, so... But yeah, obviously, yeah, like the example you gave with, you know, Carter just, I uh, like, is, is a clear case of that where it's like he was, he's doing really good in all these other metrics. So, um, may, yeah, may, maybe the X stuff gives us a good um, sense of some stuff like that. Yeah. There's so many uh, areas of that argument that you could kind of poke holes in a little bit, like, just I'm sure and I'm sure they address it in there. I don't remember off the top of my head, but like kind of like seasonality. Like, how do you factor that in, especially when it comes to baseball? Uh, like there's clearly has to be um like just, you know, not not necessarily first half, second half guys. I know when we were younger, we used to always think about that. Kevin and I would talk about that. We'd be like, Oh, he's a second half guy, or 
he was cold in the beginning. He's going to be hot in the second uh, second half. Uh, kind of that reversion to the. Oh, that happens but, every season, right? Like that's that's like this. I mean, that's that's like a known thing where it's like, like yeah, like so like. I, I completely agree that like there's a huge aspect of skill in there too, right? It's not, it's not like just you. You should not expect first half and second half to be the same. I think that was the core assumption of that paper. Um, yeah, granted, I, I also. Uh -huh. I was just gonna say that I don't know how, like, and I I don't think I've ever used this. I've, I've used this in conversation. I don't know if we've ever discussed it on the podcast with anyone else, but like my for the whole luck versus skill thing when it comes to sports just in general and like when you take into like the gambling side of things or the fantasy side of things, like it's my, my argument for it being luck is like, think about that day where Kobe Bryant died. Like that guy's helicopter fell out of the sky and the sports for that entire day were completely flipped upside down. Like how, like how that's, that's randomness, right? Uh huh. So, like the like the fact that that type of sheer randomness could like occur, like you could have this model that your priors are, you know, firing on all cylinders, and your accuracy is unbelievable, and it's got that game, that be a basketball game that Sunday afternoon in January or whenever it was when he passed away, as being like you know your your this is the highest predicted outcome like we've ever seen we need to go all in on this right now and um that kind of like fat tail event can occur and i just like i know that happens in all of life but it just like like that's random and that's like that luck aspect to me like i just don't know how especially in sports i, I could see some people claiming it's skill but it just it feels like luck to me because there's just so much sheer randomness yeah, yeah I mean, sure like, even, like, weather events. No, no, I, like, I, like, I completely agree with it. Like, I mean, just, just, like, uh, the amount of, like, weather post moments, it's, like, it's, like, for example, this is something I've never looked at, uh, before we did daily lineups. It's, like, I'm out here, like, looking at the weather in Cleveland, because I got, you know, just random guys, <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, it's, like, it's 6 a.m., and then I'm, like, you know, I, I'm going to set my lineups before I go to work. I'm out like here checking the weather like five different places in the country, and I'm like, is there a postponement rate like risk or something like that? And I mean, I I certainly think that there's a lot of randomness in that. Um, I think you're talking about like bigger events, sort of like like uh, just like market changing events, so to speak. Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And just... uh, yeah, no, I like I. I, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting topic, like just basically like um, whether or not you can capture the amount of randomness in the world using sort of like just, you know, uh, like what we have currently. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. I, like, I don't think I have a good answer for it. Um, yeah, th there, there probably isn't an answer, but it's, those are the things that's interesting to think about. It's crazy about like how uh, fantasy sports have kind of come to or just sports in general have. You know they've developed the, these um, these like worlds of their own. Like it's it's pretty interesting. Even if you're not totally involved or you're not you know on the payroll of uh, the Yankees doing all their sabermetrics, it's pretty interesting to think about just the like the 
culture that um, being able to track everything has created in these games. It's just like, I don't know, it just adds a, I don't know if you and I would be sitting here having this conversation right now if uh, people were still in the booth writing writing it down by hand. Like it's just, uh, I think we're in the very, and to use a pun, I think we're in the very early innings of what this all looks like when it comes to just like these technologies and sports and uh, being able to kind of sit here and think about uh, um, the the bigger picture of it or like what what is luck and what is skill is, um, I don't know, I just think it's kind of interesting. You might uh, disagree with me there, but uh, you might agree. I don't know. Just my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, for example, I think one thing that was super cool in terms of this technology in sports was this the rise of tracking spin rates, right? Like, this is, like, obviously the story from probably an old story at this point. But, you know, th this idea that we can actually track spin rates um, using cameras instead of just predicting them from the amount of break and, you know, people optimizing for that. So, like, that, like, I mean, technology has entered baseball in all these different ways. So I think it's uh, super crazy. And I think that, like, the um, defensive metrics as well. So, um, have, yeah, have I mean, uh-huh. Have you thought about the baseball itself in general at all and the fact that the MLB is allowed to keep changing it? That That's that's crazy to me. I mean, I've I've I've, I've I, I think I've seen it in other leagues as well. I think the KBO had a similar event in um, 2019 where they had a very home run. Like the, I think the, the league-wide OBP in the KBO dropped about 80 points um, in a single offseason. Um, and uh, I, I, I only know this because I was reading about Hot Song Kim because uh, I was just, you know, watching them the other day, but but basically, like, the, the point that they were trying to make is that, you know, the good players adjust. And, like, I think, you know, if you're a baseball – like, like if you're a pitcher, like, obviously there's um, – there's, you know, you're just going to be upset that, you know, the balls are flying further. But I think if you're a hitter, at least you can change your approach. I um, mean, that's kind of like what uh, – I think it would be really cool to see is like whether or not these like superstars uh, were able to like maintain. Like this is something I don't have the stats for, but um, I think it's awful that the baseball keeps changing. But um, and I think that they should use something like the, like the Japanese league has the tacky baseballs or whatever, like pre-tack. I think it's absurd that we're still using mud from Delaware River or somewhere in Jersey. I don't know if it's a Delaware River, but um, but yeah, like. Um, is it a conspiracy? Uh, I I don't know, but I I mean, the way I, I, I view all these sports and the way I think I view fantasy sports too is that like, as long as you like have a set of rules, like this is a game that we foisted upon normal human activities, right? And it's like, as long as like we have these set of rules, like this is just what the game is. And so I think changing things are awful. Um, I like, so. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it just um, – it's almost as if, like, if you had the information about how the change is going to be made or, like, what it's going to look like exactly, you could, like, have an unfair advantage or you can build a lineup, like, to to match it. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk before about how a ball – like, some balls were really advantageous to, like, um, like 
middle infield power. They were talking about how like these middle infielders that are having a, these career power surges, it's just because of the baseball. I remember they used Francisco Lindor as an example. They used uh, Corey Seager as an example. And then like, you know, they brought in a new baseball and these guys kind of uh, didn't have as good of a year. And uh, I don't know if it's exactly to just say it's the baseball, but it's kind of nuts that uh, that changes because you, I don't know, be, you imagine if they came out and were like, ah, oh, we're not sure how Joel Embiid's going to play this year. The basketball is three pounds heavier, and he has a couple <laughs> of shooting shooting threes with a heavier ball. Yeah, no, it it, it sort of reminds me of uh, you were mentioning Kobe, and uh, he was like in a shoot around before the game, right? And then he was like missing a breaking a bunch of shots, and then he just like walks up to the guy or like some official, and he's like, like the rim's too high, and they go and check it, and it's like half an inch, like too high, and it's like. Like, that's why he was breaking these balls or whatever. So it's like, yeah, like, these, these dudes are finely tuned machines. Uh, I think it's unfair to change in the middle of the season. But I, I also do think that, like, kind of the thing I was saying about making adjustments where, um, where a bunch of these guys that were uh, really just, like, you know, launch angle heavy guys and all of a sudden were, like, you know, getting caught in sort of, like, uh, uh, like, 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 like balls weren't leaving the park anymore, you know. Whether or not you can adjust it just to be like, hey, like, you know, extra base hits, you know, um, just have a lower, you know, uh, launch angle. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, obviously, like, I think we all agree the game should be fair. But, um, no, I, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's interesting whether or not you could, you know, leverage that for some advantage. I don't know. It's a good question. So then I'll uh, – um, I know we're running a – kind of up on an hour here and don't want to uh, um, make this too long. I've got a couple like kind of at the end rapid fire questions, but before I get into that, I kind of want to ask my last like um, overarching question and you don't need to elaborate uh, too deeply if you don't want to. Uh, in the winter meetings coming up this year, when we all meet and discuss changes, um, if we make any changes or what they look like, is there anything that you would recommend? And, and I know I've asked, everyone that's, that's been on the pod this year, but is there anything that sticks out to you or anything that you would really want to change? Is there a category that you'd want to do away with? Uh, what kind of sticks out with to you in terms of uh, um, just kind of scoring or uh, huh. league setting changes, if any? It's, it's, it's an interesting question. I, like, um, I think one thing that we had talked about was, or like people don't like is, the number of ratios and the number of counting categories. Um, I, like, I like, I don't know if this is feasible, but it'd be really interesting to see something like a walk, sorry, sorry, uh, like, uh, like a wins minus losses or something like that. Yeah, they have that um, kind of stuff. Saves plus holds. Like, yeah, exactly. So, or, yeah. Um, yeah, like, saves plus holds would also increase the, the, um, the sort of like value of relievers. So it's like, I guess like, I think the pitching is the thing that is the most asymmetric where we have almost no value in relievers. Um, at least, uh, once again, I'm just going to caveat that like, you know, people are doing fine with just relievers too. But um, point is that like, you know, uh, I think it'd be interesting to do, a, do some things with the categories that might shift the balance. The safe plus hold might be a good suggestion, but um yeah, just, just 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 something like wins minus losses would 
the problem earlier in the season where people were talking about, oh, like you're just going to throw a bunch of random guys out there. Well, if he's taking a bunch of L's, then you're not going to take him out, um, put him out there. So well, I don't know, it's just an idea. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have anything prepared for this. <laughs> no, 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 totally. I think it's a, uh, I don't have anything prepared either. I think it's a great idea. And it's one of those ones where uh, the way that I would imagine approaching these kinds of things are um, like, if someone has something that like they would actually implement if they could why not vote on it and you know if it gets the votes like i don't know i think everyone's um i don't think it would make sense to write off the league just because next year you got to do wins minus losses like uh i don't know oh, sure, cool. sure. so so we'll see um oh, yeah. all right uh, I, was, so I was just gonna say i actually do i actually do have another suggestion okay yeah hit which, us which was which was that um you know like let's say uh so the draft order, I think it'd be really cool if we did some sort of like event to pick the draft order. So like maybe at the winter meeting, we could think of some other competition that wasn't just picking balls out of a hat. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I have a good idea. I, like, like, I think the simplest thing for me would just be like a round of golf or something. But like, obviously not even played golf, but maybe like, you know, if, if only six guys want to do it, maybe those six spots in the draft are uh are, are being doled out on that um like like whatever like thing we do or uh i don't know even like it was like a free show that's like free throw shooting contest I, I think that'd be cool like i don't know just uh and i, I think previously people have mentioned mlb the show i mean i, I never played the game but um, i think that'd be something cool that we could do at the winter meeting to sort of uh you know just uh just just bring it rapidly around the next season so would you so I think it's a really interesting idea and what that competition looks like is uh um you know TBD but before even uh, getting to that are you would you ever find yourself in favor of an auction? Uh I could be down with an auction. Yeah. It just it I think feels... uh-huh. No, go on, go on, go on. Um yeah, like I, I, I think the auction is more chaotic. So you know, I, I'm definitely all for that. Um, it it is definitely more chaotic. I do think the auction would potentially be too, you know, too dynamic. It would probably allow for you to, um, really. I feel like you could you could really prepare. Uh, I think preparation would have an edge there. And I do know that some people's uh, preparation is no preparation, which I'm not saying anything about that. I think that has its own merits because it helps you from uh, being biased, from overthinking things, this and that. But, um, <laughs> but, but I do think that, yeah, and I'll say that for myself. Like there's definitely, that, that kind of stuff happens. I, uh, sure, know, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I, I You're like no names, names, but you know, like some people don't prepare. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but so I do, but I do think that an auction is the most like dynamic, uh, just selection process. And at some point we'd probably have to move to it. But again, it's just a matter of, uh, if people support it and if they want to, because you can't just, I don't think you can just like foist that onto a league <laughs> without, without them. Hey, it. Hey, I mean, like what, what, what I will say is that it would need to be in person. So, uh, 
you know, like I, I, I think it's a great idea. I'd be happy to try that one year. I mean, you know, there's a, there's, there, there's room for exploration. I'm definitely down for that. <laughs> I like, I like the way you, uh, you put that there. So, uh, all right, man, a uh, couple of questions here, just cause, uh, curious what your answer is. And, uh, um, all right. So if you had a walk-up song in baseball, what would it be? Ooh, I, I want to say something about Grover Washington. I'm like something sexy, you know, I, like I, <laughs> I gotta say, I, you know, at the time I was a huge fan of Careless Whisper by with Josh Reddick coming up. So probably something, you know, uh, yeah, there's a, yeah. Grover Washington was the guy who did uh, uh, just the two of us, but he was a sax player in that, but he has this album. I think it's called Mr. Magic where he's like, yeah, he's got an afro. He's a black man. I'll, just, I'll say that. But he's got an afro. He's got this like bushy beard, and he's just like just breaking the plane of like this water. He's emerging out of this pool, and it's just like the water is just like off of his face. I'm like, you just look at that album cover. You're like, this man's gonna drop some smooth ass like <laughs> like fire, you know? So uh, probably Mr. Magic by Grover Washington. Wow. That was unbelievable. I'm looking at this picture right now, and as you pulled uh, up, <laughs> this I I completely agree with you. Uh, there <laughs> is something about this that's just like wow. Uh, I smooth ass fire. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, keep it moving here. Um, if you could watch a baseball game in any international city, which would it be? Hmm. Does Iowa count? I feel like a pretty foreign place. <laughs> Did you say I, I, Iowa? Yeah, I said Iowa. Did you see? Did you see? I take it you mentioned in that game. I think Iowa does count. It does feel like a pretty foreign place. <laughs> uh, it, that that it, it, it's awesome. wild that they play. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's cool that they play that game every year. Um, it is just like a weird scenario, you know. It's uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you know, one one thing I haven't done yet is go to spring training. So I, like, I think that's not a foreign country, but um, it really has like a spring training vibe in Iowa. So I don't know. It's a uh, cornfields are cool. Uh, yeah, cornfields are cool. Um, all right. So then, this one I ask everyone: uh, Who do you have winning the World Series this year? I want to say someone from the NL West because I've just seen a lot of NL West recently. Um, I think that probably leaves a team. Uh, you know, I, like I really like the Padres, and I think it's the same thing with like Acuna going out. You know, Tatis not playing this year, awful situation, terrible ringworm excuse. But you know, like <laughs> no, it's just it's just like I like because. Uh, because my partner Minji, she's she's a doctor. She's like, this is not a treat, like it's not standard treatment for ringworm at all. It's just complete. It's a complete BS thing. But anyways, like who's in that? I, I think camp? it's a similar situation. Say that again. Who's in his camp? Like allowing him to come out and make those excuses, or even oh, you know, I don't have know. this stuff happen. Like what the the guys. Worth... But, but what, I, what I do love is all the Dominican players like close their rank and be like, this guy, this guy's all right. You know? I forget who was coming up to Woodworks, but they're just like every single ex-Dominican player is like, it's not his fault. This is 
this is how we do it in the Dominican. We treat ringworm with this random ass steroid. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, I, I I would love to see the Padres make a run. They, they just got such a fun team. They also got a lot of ex A's in our uh, old manager Bob Melvin, Bo Mel. So I'd love to see him uh, find success uh, away from the A's organization. That's that's really as an A's fan all you can cheer for. You you start going to other games, you start saying, hey, you know five players out of this roster were former A's and, you know, I'm just cheering them. So I think Bo Mel has a lot of that energy as well. So really, really hoping he can make a run. Um, that's exciting. Uh, Juan Soto's there. So I've been watching them a little bit. They do have a sneaky, uh, sneaky good team. I just, um, I think they can maybe make a run. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if they have the role players, uh, Josh Bell's been cold, but again, who knows? Who knows? I uh, I love the pick, and I'm I'm rooting for you because I need Juan Soto to uh to wake up here and uh, start doing his thing. So, all right, yeah, Sean, well, well, best hey. of luck with your run too. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm just trying to survive right now. It's uh it's one day at a time. While we were recording this, I had to watch uh uh Vogelbach hit a home run on the Mets for Greg, and I'm playing Greg this week, so I can uh I can thank. <laughs> I can thank Carter for that. It, yeah, uh, it, uh, hurt, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, man. Well, yeah. this has been an absolutely fantastic episode of the Chalice Chasers. Uh, love having you back on as a repeat guest. Uh, it's always it's always fun to hear your views, and uh, um, we'll have to do it again. Hey, thanks for having me on. CB asked great questions. You're an awesome interviewer, so great listener. Um, yeah, thanks again for putting this on for everyone. Appreciate that, man. And uh, best of luck rest of the season. And uh, we'll have to uh, wish um, wish for a good season here in fantasy fantasy football. All right, man. See ya. All right, later. <laughs>